Hello, everyone, for another episode of the Weekly Orbit, ending the 7th of July, 2023. My name is Pat. I'm here with my co-host, Wack. We're going to go over this week's hot topics in the rocket pool community. And uh, we've got a, some RPIP. We've got some uh, voting, uh, new voting that uh, one of our smart contract developers has been working on, along with some stats. So you ready? Absolutely. Let's get started. Okay. All right. And one of the main milestones we've reached this week, WAC, was 3,000 node operators have registered to be uh, validators um, on the Ethereum network and using Rocket Pool. It's a major milestone. I think right before Atlas, we're at 2,400, 2,300? 2,200, yeah, like that. So we've had a good 33% increase, which is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I think I went on record right before Alice, I was, I said 3,715 node operators by the end of the year. So that That's would doable. mean just looking, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I figured it out. That means we would need to add about 117 operators per month mm -hmm. through December 31st. Yeah, that's definitely so doable. So I think it'll be pretty close. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think um, somewhere around that, that's what I'm hoping that we get to. Somewhere within 3,500 to 4,000, and the higher the better. But that, that's, I think 3,500 is kind of like the the conservative estimate and 4,000 is like the stretch where I think 3,700 should be somewhere kind of realistic, I think. So that that would be yeah. really good. Yeah. We'll see. Um, now, if we look at the node operator specifically um, for the month of July so far, we've got 37 new operators. In June, we had 192. May was a really, May, April and May were real blockbusters at 298 yeah. and 255, respectively. And one, you know, I, I love this chart on the left here, Wack, because if you notice it, it breaks down mini pools by node operator. Mm -hmm. And by far the largest is one mini pool at 1,089. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. means Rocket Pool is allowed those who don't have 32 ETH to be able to stake, you know, the, the, the small fish, I guess, which was yeah. really helped with decentralization. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really great that we have uh, staking accessible for those people now. So with those one mini pools, those are people with eight ETH mini pools or 16 ETH mini pools that haven't converted yet. So um, those numbers are really, really great that it's so overrepresented with those small operators. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and so if you look at the, the historic chart of per month of new operators coming online, you know, if we go back about a year, you know, mm -hmm. we're anywhere from 75... 150, you know, the, obviously the high was 298. So 117 is, you know, certainly within the realm of possibilities. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited if we can keep, you know, getting anywhere between 3,500 and 4,000 would be awesome by the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think the node operator growth is really, really great to see. That 3,000 number, though, does have some caveats. So it's not 3,000 individual people. About 750 of those, or give or take, are all nodes nodes so that's a hosting service where people deposit their rpl and their eth and then they get they get validated to spun up with that so that's a chunk of those um are you know with all nodes and then there's a bunch mm -hmm. of them with zero mini pools so those are people who are running nodes and the machines but don't have any mini pools active so whether you want to count those as nodes or not is 
not like you know i count them as nodes but they're not necessarily like you know um full nodes or whatever you want to call them um and then a lot of those uh, validate nodes as well are one person running multiple machines or multiple nodes so i think like in in honesty like the true number of unique individuals running nodes is probably around 1500 uh, maybe mm. maybe up to 2000 at a push but somewhere like on the lower end of that i think is the actual unique people which is still like phenomenal like that is right. tremendous like because when you consider the other you know organizations out there they're way 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 behind so it doesn't even compare uh, should we mention Lido at 29? <laughs> if we can, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a, a chart, and then we're going to move on to RPL distribution by node. And this is Dr. Worm's Dune Analytics chart. And, you know, one thing that happened recently this last month was RPL ratio took a dump. Mm -hmm. And so we're... Normally, we're at 0.025 for a while. Now we're around 0.020. And what that means is some of those folks who are down on the lower end of uh, the RPL collateral, uh, lower end meaning around 10%, are now below that. And if you, mm -hmm. we look at the chart here, it looks like um, maybe a couple hundred node operators are below the 10% threshold. So what that meant was this last RPL reward period, uh, they didn't get any RPL rewards. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if we get a little bit of buying uh, of RPL because those folks now realize, hey, I didn't get my RPL this month. Why? And I'll have to buy up a, a little bit to get myself over that 10% collateral. And I think we've talked about before where this ut the utility of RPL having to use it as collateral actually provides a, a floor mm -hmm. for RPL price because if it gets too low, people have to buy up to get over that 10% to get RPL rewards. We'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we did see some buying happening, like, you know, anecdotally, there were people in trading saying, oh, I'm below 10%, I need to buy X many RPL to get above 10%. And that makes sense. Um, there's two ways, right? You can get your RPL to being effective again. One is by adding more, or two is by your RPL being worth more against the ETH. And since, you know, we're worth so much less this month compared to last month, people did have to buy month, uh, some um, I guess mm -hmm. normally the best time to do is like the day before rewards because you get a good idea of where you stand at that point with the ratio right. going up or down but that's when some people are buying in the days leading up to the rewards period so um, I don't know if we I'm, I'm not skilled enough to measure that you know like using like bots or anything like that but anecdotally it makes sense that you know some of those um, 250 or so node operators or 300 node operators were buying to uh, fill that gap so yeah what is the the cutoff time for the snapshot um, before the, the reward i know is it yeah. five hours six hours so what happens is the rpl price um gets updated every i think 19 hours using the the order updates every 19 hours so you know going into mm -hmm. the tree generation app 1:35 a.m. Eastern Time every fourth Wednesday. You know that the what the price will be in that tree generation. So at that point, you uh, can you know check on your Grafana or your other metrics, whatever you're using, to see what your percentage of collateral is, and then use that to fill up. So you know that you'll definitely be at that point. So it doesn't matter what the market is doing at that point, as long as the order has updated the numbers on the system, then that's what the Merkle tree generation will be using. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So I think this time we had about five hours of gap in between. Five hours. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw someone in trading. Maybe it was Zeldorf who mentioned someone asked, when, when's the snapshot? And like, oh, you missed a couple hours ago or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, uh, next, next stat, uh, our favorite deposit pool. Um, we're doing, a, we had a nice deposit earlier. It looks like uh, July 7th, which is today's recording. Uh, we're over a couple thousand, not bad. Uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. we got 1,500. It's yeah. uh, July 5th and 4th and 3rd. In the United States, is a holiday weekend, uh, July 4th, Independence Day on Tuesday. And I'm wondering if that played into it, just to just lower interest in crypto stuff while folks were barbecuing and doing yeah. fireworks. That's uh, but that today, a nice couple thousand ETH deposited. Yeah, that July 5th was real outlier. Like, we haven't had a two-digit day in a really long time. So that was definitely something that stuck out to me. And that holiday definitely does make sense as contributing towards part of that. I don't know what else was was or wasn't happening to contribute to the rest of it, but that was definitely an outlier. But we've had a few really good days this week that actually have put us over last week's total already. So it's it's all right. Like, I was, I was hoping that it'd be a bit higher, but that's okay. Right, yeah. yeah, like uh, the 25th, of, uh, the week ending the 25th of June, we were at 5,637. Mm -hmm. um, already we're at 6,083, so we've surpassed the last week of June, which is great. Yeah. Um, we'll see if that sustains itself going forward. Absolutely. Okay, uh, on to some news items. Uh, this was a big week for uh, a few different rocket pool improvement proposals, our PIPs, uh, three are listed here. We have the first one, inflation and PDAO budget allocation. Uh, the second one was ODAO charter, and the third one was a PDAO charter. Yep. Um, let's talk about the first one, the inflation and PDAO budget allocation. Do you want to walk us through this one, Wack? I think this was um, one of the major changes. This was talked about in the community for a long time. Um, and what before you start into that, you know, giving us some details on it, I just remember the folks in the community talking about the ODAO, in particular, the commission or the, the rewards given, and that would be tackled right after Atlas. And what do you know? The community went to work. Uh, I know Valdorf uh, headed up that, and here we are, less than 90 days after Atlas, and we've already got a, a vote on Snapshot. So I just yeah. want to give a hats off to the community and Valdorf for really you know, following through immediately and starting working on the next project. And it's one of the things about Rockapool that's great is that this, this train just keeps moving forward. And um, a lot of it's because of the, uh, uh, the dedication of its members. So Absolutely. with that, yeah. uh, tell us about the RPIP 25 and 10. Yeah, so the, there's three votes happening right now. There's two charters and there's one uh, inflation change. And the all three votes are set up in such a way that they will only pass if all three votes pass. If any one of the three does not pass, then the whole slate will be rejected and we'll go back to the drawing board and start again. Now, what's happened is that um, the one, this one that you're looking at, RPIP 25 and um, 10, that's the one that's being amended, is the one that um, was going to capture the most headlines pretty much because this is the one where the inflation, the rewards that are going out to the ODAO will be reduced by 50%, like right out the door. As soon as this passes, the numbers will be changed on the contracts. So the ODAO will be getting a smaller amount of money. Um, and then 
each month that goes by that will be reduced again for the next year until it reaches 90% less than what it is now. So there's a huge um, like pay decrease that the ODAO are voting. Well, the PDAO is voting for for the ODAO and um, the, that money is going to start going to the IMC basically or the management committees and uh, to do with um, as they get more money coming through. So this is really, really going to help like the protocol, um, I think, because the PDAO is going to be getting a lot more money. The GMC, the grants committee, the incentives committees will be getting more money to be able to actually spend on growing Rocket Pool, which is really exciting. Yeah, and so specifically, uh, the reduction, the ODAO gets 15% of inflation rewards each month. Mm -hmm. It's going to be immediately knocked down to eight, like you said. And then every month, a little, a little less, a little less, until we, and after 12 months, they'll be getting 1.5% of the inflation every month. Yeah, that's right. Now, hopefully, over 12 months, the value of RPL goes up. And so that, even though they're getting paid less RPL in terms of, it's price in USD. It's yeah. It's going to go up as well. Yeah. But what what more importantly, I think, is what you said that some of this money, some of this RPL is going to be reallocated over to the grants committee and the um, incentive committees to help yeah. with um, you know making. Well, that we talked about last week with Jasper. He had proposed, you know, hey, let's let's divvy this new fund this new funding up between. You know, helping to incentivize uh, our ETH on L2s and make RPL liquidity more attractive and yeah, deeper. Exactly. So that was in line with like, you know, assuming that this is what is going to get passed, which is fairly, very strongly likely that it will pass. Um, and then, you know, what we'll do with that afterwards. So that's where that comes from and that's where it stems from so he's already like spending the money that we haven't even got in yet so <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's fine <laughs> sure sure mm -hmm. yeah uh, the votes look really positive so far they've all met quorum um, right now there's well, uh, they, they haven't they haven't so the, oh, they haven't there's one with the ODAO is uh, the one on snapshot is just signaling from the PDAO towards the ODAO about how they want them to vote the ODAO votes are actually happening on chain using a different system so this, the vote in the middle there that hasn't reached quorum yet we've only had six people six uh, ODAO members vote and they've gotcha. all voted in favour but we need ten of them so we're just waiting for more of them to come through but that will sure. almost definitely pass also yeah, there seems to be universal agreement. And those the, the other two, the charters, really just kind of outline the constitutions for both the ODAO and the PDAO, outlining, yeah. you know, high level, you know, what are we what are we here for? Yeah, that that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. All right. Our next item is uh Kane from the team. He says in Discord, he dropped in one day and said, I've drafted up an idea and done viability testing on a system that would implement the current off-chain governance system. Uh, and it, I think I cut off my screen here a little bit. <laughs> uh, the, it would implement the current off-chain government system on-chain to remove the team's position as a middleman for executing the will of the PDAO. So as I recall, one of the, when the, t the team solicited the community for next projects or next steps after Atlas, one of the one of the issues that the community wanted was, hey, how can we decentralize um, the protocol more, and specifically the PDAO? And so Kane's been working on this new 
uh, voting system. Can you give give our listeners uh, a little bit of a breakdown of what he's been up to? Absolutely. So the current governance systems works in such a way that you know there's discussions that pretty much start in trading or the governance threads of the Discord forum, uh, Discord uh, page basically, and then that gets taken to the DAO forum, which is uh, forum I think dot no DAO dot. Uh, rocketpool.net so if someone makes a forum post with their ideas that goes there the discussion happens people kind of like talk back and forth about like what it should look like what it shouldn't look like what it you know what form it should take then there's something called a temperature check that happens you know where should we do this thing should we not do this thing and that will then lead to a formal rpip being written or an amendment of a current rpip like being written once that's all done and you know people agree with the language of the RPIP, then that will go to the snapshot vote, which we were just talking about, right? Now, the problem with the snapshot vote is that even if we have 100% agreement or 99% agreement like we do in the votes at the moment, those votes still have to be executed by the team member, uh, a team member. So they have some, they have control of a wallet that's called a guardian wallet. And mm-hmm. that is basically a hugely centralizing force at Rocketpool at the moment where even though you know you have all these elements of decentralization which are amazing there's a bottleneck at this point of this guardianship so if you want to make changes in ODAO inflation which is what we're voting on now even if 100% of the community says that this is what we want until a team member goes and modifies the contract using that special wallet that they have you can't do anything so this is like all off-chain voting. That's what this is called. Now, the system that Kane is working on and like the ideas that he has about is something called on-chain voting. So what happens with that is, you know, you have to spend gas to vote, which is one thing because it'll, it'll be a transaction on the Ethereum network. But what happens mm-hmm. that is um, as you execute the vote and once you hit quorum and the thresholds of passing the vote, then that piece of contract automatically gets executed on-chain. So there's no one in the middle of of um, making those changes like it goes directly from pdao um, to um, the actual contracts smart contracts so that is a huge change because it removes that man in the middle which is what kane was referencing here and like it's a hugely centralizing a centralizing point right now and then that gets removed completely so it's actually like a really really amazing thing that he's working on here yeah that's that sounds and i don't think there's any other protocol in the crypto space working on such a thing well, like this is so there... there's some complexities about the rocket pool situation that means you need um, a bespoke solution there are other DAOs that use um, on-chain voting and there are tools available that let you do on-chain voting and um, however none of them are applicable for rocket pool because of the way that we have our wallet set up so we don't have something called token voting right so owning the rpl token doesn't grant you vote the only right. way you get vote for Rocket Pool is if you are using that RPL token on a node that is staking within the certain boundaries and thresholds, then you get access to a vote based on that RPL you hold. So with those differences in mind, you need to understand that like it there's nothing out there that has a, that unique system of voting. So if we just wanted to do a simple token vote wait, then that would be quite easy. It's just this is a bespoke situation and there's no one else doing that. So that's why you need to do it um, in-house basically or pay someone to do it for us. Right. Yeah, most yeah. Per, uh, most DAOs, it's like, well, whoever has the most tokens can vote and have the most influence. Mm-hmm. And with 
RPL right from the beginning, you know, doing the quadratic voting, it really said, well, you're not going to, we're going to try to reduce the uh, influence from speculators, and we really want to hear from the long-term holders, you know, the node well, operators in this case. Right? Yeah, so the speculators are taken out instantly, right, because they're not node operators, so their right. power goes to zero. And then the quadratic aspect of it is the whales. So if you have a million RPL staked, like one whale in our community does, then the power of vote you have is not proportional to the power of vote you or I have, even though we've got way, way, way less RPL. Per RPL, our vote power is higher than if you have a million RPL because it's the square root of that number. So that's where the quadratic element comes into it. So it kind of like right. limits the power of our biggest holders while also like giving a good um, representation to our smaller holders. So it's a really, really wonderful solution. Um, like it's just in the beginning stages of working on it now and it'll probably come through in the next update. But um, once that happens, then, you know, we'll be, we'll be in a very, very good situation. Would we, so to vote, would you have to, you said you're going to have to, there's gas fees involved, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if you're going to vote, is it going to be on mainnet or is it going to be on an L2? To It'll try be to on mainnet the... because the, the contracts are on mainnet. So most likely will be on mainnet. Um, we'll have to talk about how that's going to work in the community. What, what most likely will be happening is that people will use their delegation powers a lot more than they do it now. So a lot of people just go and vote now. Whereas in that situation, you'll delegate your vote to someone who you trust and they vote along with you and then they will vote on your behalf. So only one person pays the gas instead of 10 people paying the gas. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's great. So we'll look forward to seeing that um, over the coming months. And uh, that kind of wraps up this week's episode. It's a short one, um, but as usually there's always something to talk about even during Absolutely. a major holiday week in the middle of summer. Yeah. So until next week, um, just hit the like and subscribe buttons if you can. Uh, we're listen to your podcast too. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, Sketcher, Sketcher, Stitcher. Stitcher. I'm sorry, Stitcher. <laughs> Stitcher yeah. And Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check that out. Another this was financial advice, of course. Um, and Wack, we'll see you next week. And to the community, thanks for listening. We always appreciate everyone tuning in. So take care. Thank. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay.